Hello, my friends. This is Andy Hedia and Leandra on the Andy Falco Show. We have a lot of stuff to discuss, so we're probably going to get to it pretty quickly. Great. Uh, but Leandra, how are you? Good. How are you? Very good. We got a lot of shenanigans going on around here, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, you want to talk really quick? Or can we? Can we talk a little bit of what's happening with the computers with the kids or no? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just think I should uh, just specify that, you know, when I come on the show, I am a school board member, but I'm also a mom. And so usually when I'm talking, I'm talking as a mom. Um, but you know, also I'm a, I'm a board member. Um, yeah, so I got a, I got a text Thursday night. I was notified about it and I really didn't believe it at first, um, that they said that the teachers during the day, it was a couple parents. Um, and they said the teachers during the day had logged onto their kids, uh, personal computers and had started to remove tabs from, uh, um, uh, from their computer. And I said, are you sure? You know, cause I was, I, I just didn't believe it. And I, and then, yes, they said, yeah, you know, um, and the, apparently the teacher in every class was getting on there and he was saying, hey, such and such, get off that thing. Hey, such and such, get off this, remove this, remove this. He was like citing what tabs were open along with the Zoom with the school district. So, so uh, uh, just to interject, on Wednesday, my kids asked me, uh, both my 14-year-old uh, and 13-year-old, says, hey, Dad, is it, do you think it's okay that the teachers can see what's on our computers? Uh, and I just merely said to them, I said, well, it, it's, that's the, the, the district's property. The computers right. we were using were the district's property. Right. Uh, and like the police department, we didn't have any, um, you know, privacy with right. any equipment, like the phones that they gave us to use during our, our patrol. So I said, well, I said, just understand they can look at everything that's on that computer. Right. So, uh, that was my answer to them, but you found out possibly that that was happening even to the personal computers. Yeah, it was on the personal. It was, con you know, I, I actually personally confirmed it that it was the personal computers. Um, as long as you were logged in, you know, to the Zoom and we're using the Google or the Chrome browser. Yeah. Um, so because yeah. I will say that my one of my kids did a test and he took a test on his actual computer and he opened up his Chromebook because, you know, the rumors were Friday. The rumors were flying like mad that this was yeah. happening. So. Um, so he opened up his Chromebook, which was still logged in, and he he put on YouTube and he put on Minecraft. And so he took his tests on the normal computer, and then he watched as the tabs started to disappear. So, uh, so but, I, I'm I, now I'm now at, now I'm more concerned because <laughs> because many of the things that I do, I'm a, an expert uh, witness sometimes in criminal court cases, and what we're viewing is um, you know attorney product right um it's just between me and the attorney what we're talking about the last thing i want is a, a liberal teacher looking at something that i'm doing some work on and getting that out into public and yeah. so it's more concerning to me yeah and you know too that was that was another issue is a lot of people were um complaining the parents were complaining because i mean what was brought up was well do the students have you know because they're students people just don't think they have any privacy and so I kind of think that that was that that wasn't really cool for the kids, um, right. you know, because because our students should have privacy. And there was one actually a friend of mine, her her daughter was writing a paper for another class and it was in a tab, you know, so she's been typing what last night gets on to do the class and the tab was removed. 
because I guess it was just kind of a free for all. If you're in, in the class, you can't have any open tabs. So, I mean, so wow. you do your work. Um, and then too, you know, like I let one of my kids use my iPad and usually with all the questions that kind of come, people call text about the CDPH and, you know, CIF rules and, and whatnot. My emails are open, my tabs are open. And so I'm sitting here going, I just let one of my kids use my computer, you know, and anybody yeah. see or so Eddie, with, with your uh, with your FBI background, being an attorney, and we talked about uh, expectation of privacy and all that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on? on well, this thing? I, I I don't think the student. So when you're using the um, the school uh, email, I think that if I'm not mistaken, the disclosures that they provide the students with is they shouldn't have expectation of privacy on those either. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to understand, which I hope maybe our, some IT people can get on and, and figure out for us is if you don't have a remote desktop function, how are they able to close tabs on your personal computer? Because they should be able to do that on their Chromebooks because they have a remote desktop login. I actually set it up for my daughter on hers, but how are they doing it on a personal computer unless you set it up? Well, you you it up get, apparently it's when you log in with the district to get onto the Zoom and you have to use that Chrome browser is how it is. So it's when you log in to be able to communicate with the teacher over Zoom that that's when if you do it on any device, technically, I guess they're saying that that's when they can view all of the stuff. And like I said, I wasn't briefed on it. I didn't know about it. So I was just asked about it and I, you know, and, and then I was kind of given the information about it and then they were, you know, shutting the program down by that time. So, but I was, I was concerned for, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not so much concerned for my kids. Like, I don't think that they're looking at anything wrong or whatnot, but I do know that like one of my kids will watch Netflix sometimes on this lunch break and then it'll hit pause, you know? Oh, yeah. I got to admit, I'd actually prefer to give my students, my students' <laughs> computer to be monitored during school because I see her chatting on Instagram right. while she's in school, right. you know? So I'm just kind of like, what is going on well, in that I, classroom? I just, I just don't want them looking at my stuff. Yeah. I, we don't want them looking at our stuff. I don't want them looking at my stuff. And that's, that's the thing, especially with a lot of the kind of the hate that I get from teachers and union mm. people in the district. I mean, can you imagine? They turn anything into something bad. Yeah. So um, this is something we're going to have to look more into and see what, what what's happening. And this is really what's great about me getting to know you. And I and I had a disclaimer. I don't know if you had a chance to see my show the other day uh, about the school board meeting that I went to. But uh, I wanted to make it very clear that you and I didn't know each other until you were it really made the decision to run for, for school board. And along with where I was going at the time, I have discovered that I've done uh, my community disservice by not being more involved in what's happening in our city uh, and what's happening in our schools. Right. It's so, I mean, I cannot believe what is happening in our schools, uh, which uh, it, it, being aware of this kind of stuff that's going on, I, I may not have ever even paid attention before. Uh, and now we have this ethnic studies, which is really what our show is about today. This ethnic right. studies, you know, as a parent, <clears throat> and uh, even as a, as a kid, I remember just thinking, you know, that the teachers are just going to teach us, the right thing. <laughs> right? Everybody has our best interest in mind that we should trust uh, teachers. Like we should trust everybody, you know, an adult to teach us, teach us the right thing. When I look into this curriculum even more and Hetty and I were doing a lot of research just coming on, we were cramming because this really is new to us yeah. uh, and really did, we're not involved, but now, now we are. And now we're, I, I'm even more 
concern now than when I first learned about it in just the last couple of minutes. Absolutely. And I think it's, I think a lot of us, I mean, we have thousands of Facebook followers between us. And I think a lot of them are residents of California. So I think it's very important. We provide contact information in both uh, Andy's page and my page on how people can email the California Board of Education and object to the curriculum. And we can run through some of the some of the criteria that are required in order to implement this criteria, uh, this curriculum, and people should be aware of when it goes into implementation stage. What is it going to look like? And make sure, make sure we're involved because this is just reverse racism against um, Indigenous Americans or white people, however you want to classify. Yeah. Um, I, I am reading that group. like the school boards can vote on it, kind of just determine things like that. But I was reading, um, I, you know, I read, I, I posted an article about it yesterday and I, I started reading a little bit further into it. And, uh, even like the New York times has basically come out and said that ethnic studies is like the name is hidden. That's actually what it is. And I think too, as we, um, have kind of been on this journey, like, you know, um, with more interest in the schools, we'll find out that the black curriculum or the black Lives matter curriculum, that's not exactly what that's, you know, that's not what it is either. Um, mm -hmm. it's like they, they put this name and it, it sounds good and it sounds great. But then when you actually look into it, it's anything, but, um, I mean, we can't even in our public schools pray. Um, but suddenly we're supposed to be able to chant, um, and <laughs> songs and affirmations and appeal. I mean, this, I, I was reading this and this is what it said. It said that what they want our students to do, it's, um, they want them to sing community songs and chants and affirmations and appeal to Aztecs gods. And students are asking in these prayers and chants to be warriors for social justice. <laughs> well, let me just, uh, here's a, the guy, I guess he's one of the uh, primary editors or creators of this thing. His name is, uh, it's a difficult name because I think it's um, some type of um, Native American, uh, Tolteca Cotton. Uh, and he's a teacher, uh, governing council, vice chair, and advisory-led uh, social justice humani humanities academy at Caesar's Child's <laughs> Learning Academies. Uh, California Teachers right California Teachers Association is um, Stanford Instructional Leadership Corps, uh, coordinator of statewide curricular uh, advocacy, ethnic studies, new coalition, and uh, co-editor of Rethinking Ethnic Studies, uh, Rethinking Schools, summer 2018. Now, I, I want to introduce this guy to you because um, in uh, a graphic that I created here, this is one of the things that he he says about, well, at least which is uh, which is in the curriculum. And oh, sorry, hold on. Here it is. One second. And that is that the United States was founded on a Eurocentric white supremacist, racist, anti-black, anti-indigenous, capitalist, classist, patriarchal, sexist, and misogynistic, uh, heteropatriarchal, <laughs> homophobic, and anthropocentric uh, paradigm brought from Europe. Wow, that, none of that sounds good. <laughs> none of that sounds good. Um, and so, you know, there's a way of teaching, you know, these things in our classroom without saying that your parents – 
and your ancestors. <laughs> your, and your ancestors, but everybody that's even alive today, right? Everybody that's alive today, because they're white, they they are all these things. They're homophobic yeah. because they're white, because they're white supremacists. Uh, we are talking today about you being a white supremacist. Yes. And you, <laughs> and you had a very difficult upraising being a, 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 what you you told me as a woman of color. Yes. Uh, being an Iranian in the United States during the hostage crisis yes. was horrible. Some, was, somehow you made it. You're an attorney. You I, work for the FBI. I made it. Wow. It you were held back by the by the white man? No, he tried, but my brother beat him up. <laughs> See, this is the thing. It's like, where where is the, hey, we had these things. I mean, we know there was slavery. There's something yes. about slavery you could tell. I knew about slavery. Roots was on television when I was a kid. I watched the entire series and I learned about, um, you know, the, the abolition of slavery, uh, the, the difficulty that the slaves went through. Um, and we can teach that. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But teaching the, the are you, that's U.S. history. Right. What we, what we need to be teaching is how it is that we um, now are America. We are one of the most blended countries yeah. in the entire world. And again, I say this all the time and I get arguments all the time. We are the least racist country in the world. And I've been all over the world. And so have you. Yes. And I can truly say we are one of the least racist countries in the world. And then you and I being police officers, you being with the FBI, uh, hearing that police are systemically racist is totally a myth. But that's not what this is going to teach. It's going to it's going to teach, I, I think, myths and lies about where we are today. Sorry, I go on a rant, but that whole yeah. thing just makes me crazy because it's the complete opposite of what is the truth, right. uh, as far as I'm hearing. Did you want to say something on that? Well, before? I mean, just the, the, what Leandra read about being a social justice warrior, the only warrior I want my daughter being is for Jesus Christ. I did not. Yeah. I don't. I don't want her to be a social justice warrior, I, and I don't want the school teaching her to be a social <laughs> right. justice warrior in whatever they way it feel that they define what a social justice warrior means. What social justice? Mm. According to who? According right. to who's social justice? So suddenly, the ethnic minorities of the United States constitute what social justice. They get to define what social justice means. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and so as a as a Middle Eastern American, and I'm not even Arab, so do the Arabs and the and the Persians get to say, "Wait a minute, I don't want the Asians and the Blacks deciding this. I want the, the Middle Eastern version to be the version of ethnic studies and social justice that's demanded." I mean, it's just where does it end? Right. And one last thing, Leandra, before you jump in, I know you're probably on on pins and needles, but this was on a Kramer High School website. This is uh, one of the pictures that was on there. This is uh, to protect and serve. It was one of us, you and I, uh, one of the three of us in uniform. And behind us is, is a bunch of um, tombstones. Uh, tombstones with the with the, the faces of, of, of essentially black people men who in the course of committing a crime were unfortunately shot by cops. I mean, that's really the true narrative, right? Whether they were, you know, whether they should have been shot or not, that's the, the next thing, but it's not like they, the, it, what they want you to believe is that cops went out there and hunted these men down and shot them just because they were black. That, that's not what happened. Uh, and then we have this other one here where it shows them protesting black lives matter, um, uh, black lives Black, Black Lives Matter protesters, you know, on the ground kneeling, begging for their lives as police are spraying them with uh, some type of uh, chemical agent. And uh, and th this was on one of our high school websites. So with all of that, Leandra, mm -hmm. what do you think? <laughs> what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I, you know, Kramer Middle School, um, you'd have to log in as, you know, if all the students were able to see this. And mm. it was for Black History Month. And um, I wish that we were celebrating all of the black Americans who did great things for our country and that we were leaving all of this, you know, social justice issues out. And, and it is a, it is a problem and it is something, you know, that I campaigned against because 
our community, the reason that it was pulled down from Kramer was because there was a community outcry. You know, you had police officers who saw this, you had all these um, parents who saw this and said, this is wrong. And so, you know, they contacted the district and it, it kind of seems like lately there's been a lot of, of community outcry about um, these topics. And, you know, we've lost a year. Our kids have lost a year. Let's not beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost a year. And so while we should be, you know, celebrating black history, we should be celebrating, you know, is it women's history month? Um, we should be celebrating all of the people who've made our country great. We have to remember too, that bringing in all of this extra stuff, this ethnic studies and all of this stuff that they want to bring in, we are fifth, we're in last place in our country as far as our, you know, math scores and our reading and our, all this stuff goes. I feel like we should be really focusing on getting our kids back and getting our kids to the top so that they can be competitive, you know, when it comes time to graduate high school and college and look for jobs. Um, and so I don't know why we have taken just this, this road that we're on where we're just deviating from the core curriculums and getting our kids yeah. successful and, and why we're going this route. It, it's just bizarre. I mean, and to come back to you, as you were talking about, um, I mean, in this ethnic studies, I kind of wrote a few notes down and it says in this ethnic studies that they want to pass next week, it says Christians are a source of evil to be resisted and overthrown. While Christians are guilty of theocide against indigenous tribes, the killing of their deities and replace them with the Christian faith. Then they said, then they established a regime of coloniality, dehumanization and genocide. And so the author of ethnic studies wants to engineer a counter genocide against white people. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is just like crazy. And we're supposed to bring this into our schools and teach this to our kids. I mean, I've been doing a lot of talking with college students and, um, you know, I've been on a couple zooms with some, you know, it's just really great college students from all our, you know, from California, from different parts of our country. And they're telling me that they don't want this that there I was talking to a black um, college student and he said, I've had to defend my, um, my white friends because they're being attacked in the classrooms. You know, I've, and then when I defend them and I'm asked, you know, I'm asked point blank by these teachers, well, don't you believe in black lives matter? You know, they're doing so much for good. And he says, well, what have they done? And they said, all the money they've raised. He goes, where has the money gone? And then, so the teacher kind of starts to think, oh, this guy's not on board with, with, you know, this liberal idea. And so he said that all the money has gone to the democratic party. You know, we're not going to see any of this money that's been raised by black lives matter. And then they said, well, what religion are you? And the guy says Christian. And so then now this person's in the same group as his white friends and is getting the same type of persecution from those teachers. And I just think that this is just wrong. And like, how do you stop it? Because you're sitting there and I'm hearing stories from um, students in our district too. You know, there's, there's teachers who are talking about defunding the police in the classroom. There's teachers who are pushing this curriculum and they're talking about, you know, they're saying it and a few students will speak out, but everybody's so worried about getting a failing grade, you know, because college is on the line. And that's where these guys, that's where these kids are stuck. Because if you really want to go to college and, and, you know, it's so competitive to get in, I mean, that's why this is in our schools is because the students aren't, you know, we teach at home to respect authority, you know, to respect your teachers. And so you just keep pushing, pushing, pushing this stuff in and, and, you know, 
the kids at a young age, well, what do I believe? This is not what I believe, but I can't say anything against it. I have to write this paper. I have to do this, you know, this classwork to get the grade. And then now you have these high school students that if they're speaking out, they are getting failing grades. I mean, it's just crazy. And I don't know, I don't know how we got there. I mean, in my school, in my high school, I was a minority, you know, and I was hit, I was hit a lot for being white, you know? So, I mean, it just kind of seems like it's not a, I don't, I, anymore just talking to, to a lot of people doesn't seem like it's necessarily a race thing. I don't, I don't know if it's just a human thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's just, you know, well, it, I mean, there's, there's a huge, I see all these huge differences uh, that are uh, being brought out by by uh, the Republican Party. I, I don't know. I'll say the conservative party. Uh, we have Republicans that we don't care for either. But <laughs> this is the conservatives <laughs> is that we and I put a post up the other day. Hey, welcome those that are black or Mexican or um, Asian. Welcome to the Republican Party where we just call you American. Right. If you right. go to the liberal side of things, you you are black, you are transgender, you are all these different things. And then also, just so you know, we're we're making it so you can vote because we think you're too stupid to go get a driver's license. I, I mean, what at, at what point do they finally realize, hey, I think those people are calling us stupid. I think those people are calling us a bunch of names. I mean, if I go to this other party, they think we're smart. They want us to succeed. They teach us about capitalism. Um, they, 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 they know we can get a driver's license. Um, and this other party, they want to make math have, uh, you know, five different answers to an equation. It's, <laughs> I mean, because they think we're too stupid to do math. I mean, when you really begin to look at it, uh, and then you look at Minneapolis and Portland who started this, def- I don't know if they started it, but they really took hold of this defunding and, and, and dismantling law enforcement. Yeah. And they realized, wait a second, everybody's dying in the city. And now you see that they're trying to hire a bunch of people. Like it's like, Hey, did you see? what's happening in portland and, and minneapolis where they yeah. said got rid of their cops they're yeah. now now they're trying to bring back their cops yeah. uh, where you begin to see that you would just think there'd be some people that would begin to see okay which we, we experimented this over the summer during covid uh, not so good uh, these right. uh these these things didn't work do you have any thoughts on my no. rant <laughs> no your rant was great uh i just have a separate thought but it's I think we shouldn't underestimate our opponent in mm. the sense that this is not by accident. It's not a chaotic happenstance. It is a carefully orchestrated plan by leftist socialist ideologues that are trying to change the foundation of this country. And as uh, an expert in Islamic extremism, I saw this happening in countries all over the world. I've written dozens of reports about it happening in Pakistan and in Indonesia and in Uzbekistan and the so former Soviet states where Islamic extremists were doing what we called like a cultural genocide or a social deconstruction of the indigenous tolerant cultural norms in order to supplant it with extremism. And so that's exactly what we're seeing happening in the United States where the group is trying to destroy the, the social structures yes. or our ideological structures to supplant an alternative ideology. And it's up to us as the community members to um, fight against it. So one of the things about this board of education policy is it requires the input of stakeholders, which means civil society institutions, uh, students and parents, again, yes. and community members. So again, we we don't get involved and we stay silent, we cede the ground hmm. to these groups. Yeah. Leandra? Um, yeah, I just, I, I almost think now after I've been talking to a lot of these kids, I almost think that 
what's happening is is they're overplaying their hand because uh, the kids are, are ticked off. The kids are ticked. You know, like I had one, and, and it's a hard thing. I'll just say, I know a student whose one teacher was talking about toxic masculinity, you know, in their class. And they're in junior high, you know, and they come home and they go, what the heck is toxic masculinity? I go, what are we talking about? Like, what's the context? Like, what happened? They tell it to me. It was the most bizarre thing ever that would be brought up about a video game. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's just, it, it's just bizarre. And so I think like these students are seeing it. And when I'm talking to these students too, I'm not just talking to, I'm just not talking to conservatives. I'm talking to, you know, I'm talking to liberal students. I'm talking to students who are like right there in the, in the middle. Um, so, and, and they're really tired of it. They're really tired of having, you know, like they said, we're not learning the subjects anymore. We're, we're just basically getting this shoved down our throat. And so I kind of am wondering if they're starting to overplay their hand a little bit. I mean, because when you read this ethnic studies thing, what what parents sit here and look at this and say, oh, this sounds like great. This sounds legit. Um, <laughs> you know, and so so when it, and you'd be surprised. Yeah, and I mean, you'd be too, surprised yeah. how many people are. I mean, you know, uh, the country's divided, right? Mm -hmm. We know there's about 70 to 80 million people who think like us, but, you know, the rest of the population could be very well attracted to a social justice platform. I know I've lost friends since this whole thing has started right. over this issue. We lose family members, we lose friends because either we agree not to talk about it or it is at it least to a fight. You know, you got you got San Francisco, right? And you would think that at some point, the people that live in San Francisco, right. I used to love going to San Francisco, a beautiful place it used to be. Uh, now it has fecal contamination, fecal matter, I call it contamination, fecal matter, urine everywhere. Um, the the homeless people sleeping in front of uh, businesses' doors and they have to wake them up before they can open business and they got to wash it down with a hose and wash yeah. down the fecal matter. Um, and now you have this, um, this crime wave that began in 2008. The reason that's important, because I'll tell you in one second, began yeah. in 2008, it's 85% of the aggravated assaults are blacks against Asians, which they're completely ignoring. Uh, some of the blacks get arrested for it and they get released. The DA won't prosecute them because they are, uh, you know, a, a class that they don't want to prosecute. Right. But, but that's is that not I mean, we don't see that even in the black community. We see the black on black crime right in Chicago, but we don't see another, uh, uh, you know, ethnic group attacking another ethnic group at a, at a rate of 85% of all the aggravated assaults are on one group. Then what they choose to do is ignore it. Or when they talk about it, they say, well, it's Donald Trump's fault. Right. The problem is it started in 2008. Right. <laughs> Not 2016. And why does the color of the perpetrator affect whether you prosecute it? I, I don't. Yeah. You know, but I was wondering about that point. But see, then what you were talking about and, and you were talking about, well, you think that the people would just start to get, get a clue. Well, it's just been going on for, since 2008. Yeah. But yet they still allow it. They still vote in the same Democrats. Nancy Pelosi never gets voted out. None of those people get voted out. It continues year after year, vote cycle after vote cycle. And I, uh, we, I just don't know. I, I, you may have a point on that or may want to speak about it, but I want to add, I want to get to this point very quickly. And that is to ask you, does it help to have us come to these school board meetings? Does it help? Do we, does it make an impact do, or do they just go, yeah, that's very nice. Good. 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 Thanks. Thanks for coming parent. And then they go on and do their own thing. Does it help to have us come there and speak? As we do for Absolutely. Because like I've said before, it's not, I'm not representing, you know, I was elected, I was voted in by the stakeholders. And so I represent you. And so 
I can only, I can say as much. I mean, I've been yelling, you know, to the rooftops what people want and what people are telling me they want. But, you know, when you come and you say exactly what you want and how you feel, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, that that's, I mean, it's amazing. I'm so glad that the parents have stepped up in the last, you know, six, eight months the way that they have, because it's, um, you know, it's, it just, it just uh, confirms what we're saying. It just confirms when we come in and we say, well, we, you know, we, we like this because of X, Y, and Z. And then you have this wave comes in and says, this is exactly what we want. Yeah, it, it absolutely just, it gives credibility to, you know, to what we're saying, you know, as board members. And, you know, we all have different opinions, but I can say that, you know, I, I think everyone on our board wants what's best for the kids. And I, don't want, I don't want to, uh, I don't want you to switch it. I'm so sorry. I, okay. There's a little, a little bit of a delay. Um, I don't know if you can mm -hmm. speak to this question. You can just say no comment if you want to. That's okay. Um, but do you think that uh, the school board, is, I mean, all school boards across uh, the United States, but especially ours, that just kind of got used to nobody really complaining <laughs> and they just kind of go you know we're just going to prove everything or we're think everything's okay and whatever it is we want because parents don't seem to care because nobody's coming to the school board meetings uh do you think there was a little bit of just uh, complacency going on because nobody was really paying attention i think so i think what ha i think there's been a lot that's happened in the last 10 years i think with cta getting more and more involved in mm -hmm. um you know the curriculum and trying to have a say in everything and the union involvement i i i think we saw a change we saw a change in how we, kids were being taught in the classrooms. There was just, uh, there was starting to just be some dramatic change. And so I think it really woke people up. And I think in the last four or five years, um, people found their voice. And um, we realized too, you know, a lot of people, you know, when, when politics happen, you were always taught, you know, oh, the government knows what's best for you. You know, these are yeah. elected leaders. And then I think now people have woken up this is, you know, no, I don't think that I don't think that's exactly it. And because I mean, look at how many people actually get voted in and then they go somewhere and they do the absolute opposite. And the second they're in their position, they're no longer looking out for what we want back here in California, mm -hmm. but they're doing what is politically good for them in Washington, D.C. Yeah, this little Orange County is a little island, I think. And I, and I say this all the time. I think we have one of the better school districts. And yeah. right now with you on it, we have one of the better school boards uh, with uh, with Sean. Also, I'm going to give him some props because I was hard on him on another show. But uh, <laughs> um, but um, I think we overall we have one of the better where it's just like, hey, we just want to teach math. We just want to teach English. We just want to teach kids how to read. And I and I do know some of the teachers and they said, I don't know what all this other stuff they're trying to get us or that, you know, what the, what's coming down from Sacramento is. But we don't want that. Um, and so I feel pretty strongly that they just want stick to uh, teaching the kids the things that schools are are meant to um but when these but, things get shoved down to the yeah. state level yeah for opportunity to stop it because once it passes then every district has a responsibility to implement it and we'll have another opportunity to affect how it comes down mm -hmm. but i mean once it gets to the point of implementation at the district level we're i mean our voices won't matter 
You know, it's so critical that people write in and email and complain and contact their local assemblymen and representatives because this is the time. I was telling Andy when, I mean, I was in D.C. for over two decades, and whenever we wanted policy implemented, we were told by the staff, congressional staff, that if the office gets more than three calls on a subject, that item, that subject issue has to be flagged for the congressperson. So it takes three calls. That's how little they hear from people in the district and how much impact we can have when we call our local representatives. So it's so important to let people know how we feel about these issues and also press. They're very responsive to press, whether it's elected officials or even at the FBI. When a news article came out criticizing our program, it had a tremendous effect on how the program was implemented. A single news article. Hmm. And I wasn't going to bring up this, but I was... um... I, was, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I think, too, we also need to make sure that with social media um, that we are following the right people who are giving the actual accurate truth. <laughs> There's been some um, groups, you know, there was the group that kind of died off, the PYLUSD Against Terrorism, where I was a terrorist. Now there's a group. It's been up for a while. It's not gonna. It's not getting a huge following. It's the same characters, same admins, same tired spiels, same lies, but... Uh, they have a Facebook group called No Hate PYL. They're using the district um, logo, which I think the people who are administrators on these pages should probably know that that's against the rules. Um, but, you know, they're also putting out things like I mentioned my global, uh, the Global Health 360, which is against human trafficking. And one of the pages on their Facebook says we need to find out about this because this is a QAnon thing. And once it gets pushed in, I'm sitting here going... <laughs> And I don't even follow these pages. Like people are watching, they kind of take <clears throat> shots and they send it over. And I'm sitting there because, I mean, if if it's a QAnon page, then Katrina Foley is a QAnon herself because Costa Mesa just voted for this to be in their community against human trafficking. They just adopted, you know, this group or whatnot. Uh, so it's just it's just crazy. So I think too, when you're getting your information, like go to the source. Like go to a school board member, go straight into the district. Don't talk, you know, don't go to these social media people who are just trying to, you know, like, I mean, the other day, someone said that I don't even have any kids at all. This yeah. is I have no kids. Like, okay, perfect. Um, I've seen your kids. I, I don't know who like I've been supporting for 18 years, but hey, um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of things. And so I think with the social media, um, we can't let our community be, you know, divided because we, we have people who are actually, you know, they're pushing for this ethnic studies. They've been pushing for Black Lives Matter. Um, they're pushing for all this stuff. And so they keep posting, posting, posting. Um, and a lot of it is just lies and, you know, misconceptions. And so I think what's really important in the next coming, um, you know, months and years is that we really make sure, like you, as a community, we need to make sure that we're going to the source and we're getting the actual facts and the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's why I tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. You can tell about the. South yeah, Park. I was going to say the reason we were laughing is that we watched South Park last night. The, the, the movie. <laughs> the vaccination special. The vaccination special. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. If you, if you can't take a take cuss words, you can't watch it. But yeah. but it it's it's so funny because it's it's actually quite fair, and then it makes fun of both sides. Yep. Uh, and it's just it brings up QAnon. It brings on. <laughs> QAnon. And I mean, it's like Dixie has a comment about that. It's like we're just so t- everything that we want to support or advocate for is now suddenly QAnon. Yeah. <laughs> like we're suddenly yes. 
bat you know what crazy where we're just making a conspiracy out of everything like kids are not actually being trafficked or they turn it into a hyperbolic oh yeah so what is it obama trafficking them in a van like just making fun of everything that we that we are trying to bring up as a social cause it's just it's so divisive. It's yeah. so divisive that um, it's unfortunate that we've gotten to this place as a society. Yeah. And Global Health 360 was founded by a Democrat. And so mm. you have you have Republicans, you have Democrats, you have Libertarians, you have all these people on there because the, the issues are so important. But then you have these groups that just decide, oh, we're going to say that this is QAnon and this is, you know, <laughs> they're trying to bring something in. And I mean, and it was really funny, too, because when they started to... Um, when they started to say it was, oh, she's a QAnon follower, she's a Q nut, all this stuff, I was like, what the heck? So I actually had to, because I had to like go back and say, where are people like, where are people like thinking this? And so I think I watched Out of Shadows when and during COVID, like when it was the first start of it, you're looking for something to watch and it was popping up everywhere. I think I watched it. I might have posted or I might have talked with somebody about it. And so suddenly, if you've watched Out of Shadows, you are a QAnon person. But then, so be, me being me, you're not, it's not QAnon for people who are accusing me to, of being a QAnon and a QNet. It's not QAnon. You're either, there's Q and then there's the Anons. Hmm. So that just, you know, just, just All right. my research. That's what it is. So you even know that. Sure, I don't know about it. I ain't Q. Yeah, and I don't really think I'm a you, non because if you've ever seen my tech skills, they ain't there. I've only learned that, that some people think Q is uh, President Trump. That's, right. a, that's what I think I've heard. Um, uh, let me just let's get back on track on something that's real. Yeah, the one yeah. thing that yeah. we have found in our research, just to kind of finish this up, I just I wanted to keep this not my the hour and a half show that I did the other day, um, and that is um, that we seem to have found that there's a lineage as to where this ethnic studies comes from. Yeah. Uh, we, there could be some Black Panther. Um, yes. Roots in this whole thing, uh, and then two. What was the third? The third. Uh, che Guevara. It, it's not Cesar Chavez, but it's uh, yeah. Che Guevara. I'm sorry, I'm not good at pronouncing. Yeah, it. but then the other socialist Marxist movements. Right. And a lot of this is coming from the socialists. I mean, the I'm sorry. Go on. Sorry, the Third World Liberation That's Front. It. The Third Li World Liberation Front. Yeah. And these are all very radical radical groups and so that's what they want to bring into our public schools well and that was one thing that the new york times said i wrote this down because i was like well the new york times just said this on tuesday they said this the state of california is advancing an ideological group um who think and know that ethnic studies is not so much an academic discipline but oh gosh i wrote it so sloppy they're inviting an arm for radical ideologues Exactly. And, yep. and it says it's because of how it's labeled and framed, it's actual nature and content stays hidden, which I think I, you know, said before. But when the New York Times is kind of questioning stuff, you should maybe take a closer <laughs> look at this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's just trying to turn our kids into radical activists. Yes. You know, to bring about radical change. And I, it's just perplexing to me that, and, but again, if you don't, get informed and you don't read the primary source material and you don't try to find out about what the, the what this stuff is, it seems innocuous. Ethnic studies, why shouldn't my kids learn about Asian history yeah. in America? Great, sounds fine, go ahead. Uh, it, it's, it's very nefarious the way it's presented. 
Yep. And, and the ethnic studies actually was years ago, ethnic studies, it was ethnic studies years ago. Yes, I took it in UCLA. Evolved, yeah, now it's evolved, evolved into this social justice agenda. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say um, who are, you know, who believe differently from me that I'm just pushing this, you know, conservative agenda or whatnot. But I, I'm telling people, read it. Re I mean, it, it's all in the New York Times. Like, I mean, it's all over the place right now. You could really read into it and delve into this. And it'll show that this is not a study on ethnic studies. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm copying and pasting. In the description, uh, I put an email for the Board of Education, I think it is. I'm sure it's California, it. uh, California Department of Education. Department of California. That's who they want you to email to let them know how you feel about this. Yes. Uh, so make sure and email. It's in the description, so the email address in there. I'm right now putting a link to the curriculum. And it has the email listed on that page. It, yes, it does. And I will put an article that I think just kind of sums it up. If you don't want to read all those uh documents um it's the same one uh that you put on your personal page i think leandra so yeah. so links are in there some of them are not there you, you may not see them so if you want if you don't see it on whatever platform you're watching because we're, we're um, broadcasting on five different facebook pages twitter youtube and twitch so if you don't see it let us know there was somebody from twitter that said something who was it they said uh Sorry, looking forward here really quick. I think I already lost it. Uh, oh, nutcases. No I'm not sure. That's us. Yeah, or? I don't know if it's us or not. So, Kobo, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if you're saying that we're nutcases um, or the people that wrote the curriculum are nutcases. Um, either way, we might agree with you. Yes. And, yeah. and again, it's, it's so important to teach our children respect for other ethnicities. Yeah. Again, as a person of an ethnicity in this country, I would I would love for kids to have a, an understanding of their experience, um, but that's not what this is. That's yeah. not what this ethnic studies curriculum is about. It's about creating Marxist protesters. Yeah. And and that's what's insidious. And it's it's again pitting the white students against the ethnic communities. And the last thing we want to do is create division where there was none. And actually yep. Karen said that like why are they creating division amongst our kids when there isn't any? And I mean for most for the most part, I know our children today are so woke <laughs> that I mean like uh, they're uh, mentioning a race in our house is prohibited. So it's we're not allowed to use the C word, the A word, the R word, the N word. I mean, like we, the, all any kind of descriptors, mm -hmm. even in, even according to weight are forbidden. Right. So, I, you know what I mean? I think that they are, uh, I, this, this isn't necessarily what they need is to find reasons to hate their fellow. I know this is not what they need yeah. to find a reason to hate their, fellow students. It's very, uh, it's very upsetting. And yep. why they need to be taught to do that as well. Like, cause if you, right. look, I mean, like I've said before, I think I said on the show last summer, I looked outside and all three of the boys had all their friends over. Everybody's in the pool and there's just every, you know, right. every race under the sun is out there. Right. Yeah. And they don't see it. They just say, this is my friend. This is this. And so it just, it just bewilders me as to why we want to push this in. And, you know, see, like I grew up in kind of a multicultural home. Nobody ever believes me when I say that, but I just happen to look like my mother. Um, but, you know, my dad's whole side of the family is Hispanic. So I grew up, you know, my, we go to my dad's side of the family for holidays and people are speaking Spanish. And 
Um, you know, my cousins are Hispanic. One of my other cousins, you know, there's um, some adopted relatives I have, you know, one of them is half black. I mean, so it's just kind of like a big melting pot in my family. Obviously yeah. my mom's side is Dutch, you know, that's, um, but it's just amazing to me. I, and maybe that's why I just kind of like perplexed because when you grow up kind of in the, like a melting pot a bit, you yeah. just kind of like, that's just what you're, it's just kind of what you're used to. Um, I like it when people call me a, a, a white supremacist, racist Nazi, yeah. and yeah. I'm Hispanic. Married to, a, married to a Persian who used to be Muslim. <laughs> yeah. I am the worst white supremacist on the planet. I'm I shouldn't ready. give you a membership card. <laughs> no, really. I'm not going to take my membership card yeah. away. Yeah, I mean, and my my only like regret is that I didn't like I when I was younger. I really, you know, I was I was an athlete, and so I really wasn't into the whole kitchen thing. So my my regret is I didn't learn the language better. I mean, they helped me a little bit when I was taking Spanish in high school. But like I, I should be able to make like some really good rice and really good enchiladas and, you know, cause I love to cook now. And like, that's always my regret that I didn't like really embrace like learning the, how to make all the food and all that stuff. I was like, I should have really, uh, you know, I, sh I should have embraced that, but I wasn't really, I was just an athlete. So in, in those times, you know, growing up in the Dutch community, like people, you know, girls my age now that mom, oh, we're making only bowling for the holidays. And I'm like, Okay, you do that. Can I have some? Um, you know, so yeah. Who's Lopez? I don't know. <laughs> That's Dora's dad, and uh, I'm like his. Uh, I'm like his second daughter. So oh, oh sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so we call him Lopez. So Dixie doesn't want to be weird. I don't know what that's about. I don't know. I think somebody said. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I was going to try to make something up, but I, I don't want to. Um, so, Eddie, to wrap this up, what's uh, your last words? Uh, Get involved. <laughs> read. Educate yourself. Uh, contact the Board of Education. It's, yeah. Really, this is our opportunity. The vote happens next week, and this is our opportunity to flood the office with emails, um, objecting to the way that this is, this is um, crafted, yeah. and um, hope that it has an effect. Leandra, and, you, when you write, and when you write the letters too, one last thing, you know, I would say if we want to do ethnic studies and let's do it in an appropriate way that doesn't right. attack certain um, religions, that doesn't attack certain races. Like if we're going to do ethnic studies, we need to do it the right way. And we need to learn about all of the religions. Let's learn about all of the races and let's learn to have a respect for each other and a deeper understanding right. of each other. Let's not like have this ethnic studies where it's just a constant attack thing. I think right. we should like what whatever the uh, whatever they wanted to implement twenty years ago with ethnic studies. Like, let's go that route. Let's not go this route because I think this is just a route. This is just uh, this is just a destruction of America and a destruction of our kids. Which is their purpose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have two things. One thing now you just mentioned, I just, it just dawned on me that remember in, in orange before COVID, if you can remember before that far back um, in orange, we have the strawberry festival, right? The start, not strawberry festival. What is it called? It's all something else where they have uh, it, their sections of the street. It's all closed off. There's right. sections that are Greek, Mexican, yeah. uh, Japanese food. Fair. Yeah. It's like a food fair, but it's all separated and you can go there in German food. And everybody, we have everybody has a blast. Everybody's drinking beer, but they're having blasts. <laughs> and it's it's a great just go there and talk to everybody and learn about the cultures and how great everybody is and the different kinds of foods. I mean, that is really what it's like. I mean, that's that's I mean, it should be like it should be like this is a celebration of all the different ethnic races that we have and uh, types of food and just enjoy each other, not to this other 
crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to be fair, like for with Asian studies, learning about the Japanese internment camps in this country, I, I think it's important for our kids to know that we did that at one point in our history and that they understand that we don't want that to happen again. Mm. It's just, as Leandra yeah. pointed out again, is that that doesn't mean we have to pit native uh, white Americans against Asians. Right. You know, like, I don't, why do I have to pay for the sins of of generations that when I wasn't even in this country, you know what I mean? <laughs> or your family wasn't in this country. Right. Like, wh why, what, what does the child today have to do with the sins or the oppression of generations past? It's important to learn from it, yep. but we shouldn't be pitting the kids against each other. Yep. And I think if we really look at our community, I think we have a really spectacular community. And I think if we just uplift each other, like everybody in the community of all races, um, I think we can beat, I, I really think we can beat this because just talking to these kids, these college kids the other night, it was like so refreshing. Like I, I got off the, um, I got off this zoom and I was just like, I was just amazed. And I was so excited because, you know, there's just so much doom and gloom. It seems that comes in from Sacramento and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what are they doing to these, to our kids? And so if the kids don't want it and if they're embracing each other, like, I think we should just stay on the course that we're teaching our kids that we don't hate each other, that we love each other no matter the race. I mean, I never really had to teach my kids that because it's just something that we did as a family. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, it wasn't a question. And I think that there's a lot of families out there that are like that. And so I just feel like as a community, as long as we continue to embrace each other and I mean, I think we can beat this no matter what. And I also think too that as a community, we can beat this as well and beat this coming into our schools. Great. Awesome. Yeah. And I just wanted, the last thing that I want to say is just that everybody needs to be involved, whether you have kids or not um, yeah. and, uh, and pay attention to what's going on in your school board because it, 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 it impacts the entire community. Absolutely. Right. So let's get involved. Even if you have to rent kids out like I do. Yeah. Right. right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leander, thanks for joining us. This was uh, important to have you on, I think, to get your perspective from the school board uh, perspective. I mean, at least from your side of the school board perspective. And uh, stay strong. Um, I, I know that you're strong, but uh, never give in. No, never. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right, love you guys. Thanks for watching. Spread the word. Share this out. Comment. Do everything you can to let people see this broadcast. It's important that they on Tuesday, by Tuesday, send an email telling them how much you want, do not want this curriculum yes. to come into our schools. All right, my friends. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.